Welcome to another episode of Across the Field. Brett Beckman here, and with me today, as always, is Peyton Beckman. PB, what's going on? How's it going, Brett? Pretty good. Uh, and we have a special guest today. I promised you guys we'd hook you up with somebody cool. And this, who, who's cooler than this guy? The voice of 99.7 WKSD, Kenny Stabler. Kenny, thanks for joining us today. Always great to talk to the Beckman boys. How you guys doing? Pretty good. Really good. Thanks for being on today. Absolutely. My pleasure, you guys. That's yeah, awesome. So, Kenny, um, base, uh, first question I kind of got for you. Um, where did this all start? How did you ever get started uh, wanting to cover local high school sports? Well, I never really had a plan of covering high school sports. I always had kind of an interest in broadcasting. I mean, it goes all the way back to probably when I was about a freshman in high school. Um, I went to Wayne Trace. I graduated in 1986. And uh, WERT, the Van Wert radio station, used to uh, have a full-time news department, and they covered the local school board meetings. And one day when I was at school, I was approached by – I think it was our principal and maybe our athletic director that the news director for WERT had been at the meeting the night before covering the school board meeting. And they wanted to know if there was somebody there that might be interested in uh, being a part-time DJ station. And of course they got me in contact with them. I was very interested in doing that at the time. So my junior and senior year of high school, I, uh, I worked at WERT on the weekends and I had a regular on-air shift. I was like a disc jockey and I would read the newscast, read the weather, do the sports, and I would play music. And I really, really liked that. I did that throughout the rest of my high school. And then I decided that I would maybe want to pursue that further after high school. Um, the sports experience I had, though, I did some PA announcing at Wayne Trace. Layman Saylor was our athletic director. And I did a little bit of football and a little bit of basketball. And I always enjoyed that. And then one of the guys who was probably the maybe the the most famous high school sports reporter around Northwest Ohio, probably before your guys' time, a guy by the name of Marv Sebring at WONW in Defiance. And uh, he would always cover a game on their station, AM 1280 over in uh, Defiance, and they covered the six-county area. So it was really something when Marv would be there to cover your games. And, of course, six counties, you're talking about a lot of schools we could only be one place at one time. So one thing they did, uh, they had many of the schools have a reporter that would call in during basketball season and football season. And you would call in after the game. And in my case, it was the Wayne Trace game. And you would do a, a live call-in report. Uh, you would kind of recap the first half. They would take a commercial break, come back, and you'd recap the second half and maybe some scoring and some points. It was a quick little report. They played country music. And then, of course, they covered all the high school sports and Marv asked Layman Saylor if we had somebody at Wayne Trace that would want to do that. And, and Layman was nice enough to throw my name out there. And I got to know Marv. He was an absolute legend. Everyone loved him. And I did that, I believe, when I was a sophomore, junior, and senior. So that was really my only exposure to sports. But my experience over at WERT lasted through high school graduation. And then I went on to college at Bowling Green. And a few years later, back in about 1990, the fall of 1990, uh, WERT also had an FM station that they changed the call letters to WKSD 99.7. And they had just had a, they had a young guy doing the play-by-play the -play for their games. And I had no experience because part of my gig at WERT and Van Wert, in addition to having that air show to DJ, I would be the guy back in the station once in a while on Friday nights, Saturday nights, 
playing the commercials for the play-by-play guys. So I didn't really have any sports announcing experience. But get this, in, in that fall of 1990, uh, they had just hired a young guy. He wasn't doing very well. He was kind of butchering names, wasn't being real respectful to some of the school officials. And that was that was a bad reflection on our station. Well, they cut the guy loose. Uh, they, they fired him, just to be frank. And they called me in there like on a Monday or Tuesday. They said, would you be interested in doing some high school play, play-by-play? And I said, I'm interested, but I don't really have any experience. I didn't have any experience calling the games. You know, I was a guy back at the station playing the commercials. Right. <laughs> this is funny. They said, do you know the difference between man-to-man and zone defense? That's a true question. That's what they asked. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I do. Well, the equipment and your, and your, your announcing partner will be at Crestview High School on Friday night. And for some reason, I said, okay. I showed up at Crestview. And I don't know, for people that, that know Crestview High School and their gymnasium, if you look up at the one end behind the basket, they got a couple of windows upstairs. They're classic yeah. with kind of like an overhead door, garage door kind of a thing. And uh, I broadcast from up there, and, and I remember calling my first game. I think it was Fort Jennings and Crestview, and I was scared to death. Didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I pulled through, and I've been doing it ever since. It's, this is my 34th year. Wow. Wow, that's that's really interesting. I didn't know. Yeah, all through there, that's pretty cool. Yeah, sorry for the long-winded answer, but that's that's just it. In the no. right there, it it was thirty-four years ago. I started doing basketball, and then I occasionally they wanted me to do some football. I filled in part time because basketball is such a, a long season. I got married a couple of years later. You know, of course, we had kids, and I didn't want to commit to football full time, but I did some part time. But now I've been doing football full time for quite a few years uh you know brady was real young he started going to the games with me and i was kind of doing the one-man band thing and uh uh then i put him on the radio with me and that kind of was a a novelty a little bit and a hit and that was fun and i've been doing football i don't know exactly how many years i've been doing football full-time but i'm gonna guess say probably 15 to 16 17 maybe something like that full-time football in addition to this like 34th year of basketball coming up yeah yeah wow that's awesome. That's awesome. Peyton, you got a question for uh, Kenny? Kenny, uh, can you guess between football and basketball season, how many games you do a year? Well, Peyton, uh, that's a good question. I never really kept track for a lot of years, but I, I did start to in recent years. And in basketball, in a, in a typical season, by the time we're finished with boys, girls, uh, games, the regular season, and then, you know, the tournaments and, of course, We've done the state boys tournament, all 12 games from uh, the state for over 25 years, I know. Usually by the time I'm done, typically I'm somewhere between 65 and 70 basketball games. And then you you throw in 10, and maybe I get a couple of playoff football games in 10 or 12. So typically 75 to 80 sports contests a year probably for me. Wow, mm. that's, that's impressive. It's mm. a lot of ball. I really enjoy it, though. I still enjoy it after all these years. You know, I've had people ask me, you know, how long are you going to keep doing it? And I don't know. My wife has been great. She knows how much I enjoy it. And I do. You know, I'm, I've met so many great people and, you know, guys like you and and, and people the generation above, you know, parents and, and all the great school uh, uh, school officials and, and the officials, you know, that the referee, the ball games and everything. I've just I've made a lot of great friends and just had a lot of great experiences and so much fun. Uh, it, it, it's really been neat for me. You know, I've it's not my full-time job. I have, I have a really good full-time job that I enjoy equally, if not more, but I really enjoy doing the ball game. So I'll, I, I don't see any end in sight in the near future. I'll keep doing it as long as I feel good and I still enjoy going. And I do. Awesome. Sounds good. Peyton, you got anything 
Uh, you got another question for Kenny? Uh, no, you can go this time. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. My question is, Kenny, how many, or I guess who, who was your first uh, color guy? How many color commentary guys have you had over your 34 years? That's a great question. Well, that guy that I met at Crestview the very first night was a guy by the name of Robin Eberly from Van Wert. Oh, my. Yeah, and, and Robin... <laughs> Rob was uh, he was the freshman basketball coach at Van Wert at that time. He sat on the on the on the bench with uh, with their head coach Keith Knopf, you know, who was a great coach at Van Wert. They had a lot of success. Uh, that was back in the era when Van Wert was really good, and they had guys like Joe Gardner and Quincy Cloud playing with them. Yeah, uh, this is funny. Robin did the, those first few games with me, and then my buddy, uh, the late Roger Williams, who would eventually turn into a full time uh, color commentator for me. He came along because he loved sports, loved being around the game, loved being around the kids and everything, and he just enjoyed sports. He started tagging along with me to the games, and he would sit up there with us. Well, one night, I think it was halftime, Robin said to Roger, he says, hey, man, I'm going to give you the headset. He didn't warn him. He said at halftime, he said, you're on the second half. You're going. And Roger looked like I did that very first night at Crest. You scared to death, but he put the headsets on. He joined me. And Robin really wanted to be, he had small kids at the time, and, and he was coaching the freshman at Van Wert. He wanted to sit on that varsity bench on Friday and Saturday nights. And uh, he said he listened to Roger do that first game and said, Roger, you're, you're taking my job. I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go back to Van Wert and sit on the bench and enjoy that, and, and you guys are going to be good together. He took off. Roger started joining me. He was with me several years. And then he moved to Lima, went to work for Ford, and uh, – Passed away suddenly. That was a real sad time for me in the early 2000s. Um, uh, right around 2004, 2005, Roger passed away. And one of the guys that I got to know through coaching and basketball was Brian Chong at Paulding. He was the girls' varsity coach. And I always remember the thing about Chonger uh, when he was coaching. He, I always enjoyed talking to the coaches post-game interviewing. That's, that's still one of the favorite things that I get to do. And we always talked to the victorious head coach. And and Brian had some good girls teams, and I got to talk to him a lot before games. Then we would do the interviews on air, and he was, he was never lost for words. He always did a good job. He was a great interview, and I thought, boy, this guy would make a good color commentator. I wonder if he'd be interested. I ran it by him. He was all in. He, he coached the varsity girls at Paulding, coached the varsity boys for a short time at Paulding, and then uh, he joined me, and he was with me for a long, long time. And, uh, and then uh, he moved away down to San Antonio, Texas, after he uh, retired from teaching at Paulding. And I was looking for another I needed another guy. And, uh, you know, I knew Jason Williamson from back several years. We've been friends a long, long time. And Jason's always been one of those guys that's very comfortable speaking, speaking in public, talking. You know, he's kind of like me. He's not a shy guy. He's outgoing and he's organized and uh, I asked him with hopes that he would say yes he did say yes and he's be with he's been with me for several years now so I, I guess you go back to answer your question uh robin eberly roger williams uh brian chong and now jason williamson those are my basketball color commentators and then in football you know i did i did things solo for a while brady was young he did some color with me for several years till he probably almost through junior high and then when he got into high school, he wanted to be with his friends on Friday night. And I don't think it was as cool to be with your dad on the radio then. But <laughs> he, uh, Sean Gerber joined me, and Sean's been my color guy in football for about 10 years. And Brady has come back in high school and in college, and now he dabbles in it a little bit. And I still enjoy doing games with Brady, and I think he enjoys – I think it's okay to be with Pops again on the microphone. He still likes doing that. 
Yeah. I've, I've had him on occasion too. So I've, I've been real lucky. I've had good guys to work with you guys. Yeah, that's neat. Brady does a great job also, as does Jason and, and Shonger and all those guys that you mentioned. Um, yeah, that, that, that's really cool that you get to work with, with Brady every now and again. That's awesome. If I really enjoy that. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Peyton, you got anything? Well, I was talking about uh, you and Brian Sean Kenny. That was my first memories of high school sports. I was a manager for some of Sean Brewer's teams at Paulding, and me and dad would always rush to the car because I wanted to hear who's going to get player of the game and listening to Coach Brewer's post game. So those were my first memories of really high school sports was with you and Brian Shong on the radio. That's uh, that, that's really nice of you to say, Peyton. I, I appreciate that. And I remember we remember you. I remember seeing you at the games when you were a young guy and gotten to know you over the years. And and I hear that you're doing a little broadcasting too for my sports. And, and I've heard great things. I haven't had the chance to to check that out yet, but I, you know I certainly will. And, uh, you know, you touched on something right there, the the awards, you know, the post game thing. I've had people tell me and Sean was just talking about this the other night. Sean said to me one time, he says, you know, you have no idea how many people rush to the car after the ball games to hear. They want to hear the stats. They want to hear what the coaches have to say. And everyone's always interested in those awards. And I, I guess I've just never realized that that is a big deal to some people. I'm I'm glad that people enjoy that. That, that really makes me feel good. And it kind of flatters me that that people enjoy our post game because it's, it's a little different. Sometimes we go a little longer than other radio stations do. A lot of times we're the last ones in the gym and the janitors probably aren't the happiest guys in the world with us when they're flashing the lights on, they want to get their work done. They're like, one of these guys going to quit talking, but um, that that's one of the fun parts of our broadcast. And I've looked at my phone a few times and I've thought, gosh, that game was over. I guess we have been kind of maybe a little long winded tonight. Our post game show has been 25 or 30 minutes, but it's always good to hear that people enjoy what we do. So thank you for that. No problem. Yeah. Just to follow that up. I can remember obviously being a a young guy, little guy going to the games with uh, my grandparents, the Wayne trace games with my grandparents um, and the, and John and Roseanne hall and, I can remember no matter where we were, Kenny, if you were if you were covering our game, it was a race to get back to the car. And then my mom and I, uh, we, we would play a game and try to guess all the players what what awards they were winning. <laughs> it is really neat. I, it, I, I do think people really do enjoy it. Well, that's uh, that's again, really nice of you guys to say. I appreciate that. And on those awards, you know, uh, we try to spread those around a little bit the best we can, you know, and try to uh, give everybody the share, you know, it'd, it'd be real easy when you have somebody that's just a real standout uh, game after game after game to just keep giving them the awards. And sometimes you can't avoid that, but we try to try to recognize as many kids as we can. And it, it is about the kids. Uh, we always try to keep that in mind. And we've just been lucky because we've had so many great schools to cover so many great kids and athletes to cover. And uh, it, it, it's been a lot of fun. It really has been. Sure. Um, I've got another question for you. Who is maybe your most favorite coach that you did a post-game interview with that might be the most comical or, or just kind of, uh, you know, a ball of fire maybe guy or, or somebody that just makes you laugh and you love talking to this guy or something? <laughs> well, there's been so many great ones. Yeah. Years. I mean, so many good ones. I mean, like, like right now, you know, uh, uh, you know, I always enjoy talking to our local guys. Anytime I get that, you know, during boys basketball, for instance, it's fun to talk to to Jim Linder or Brian Mil- uh, Miller or Doug Billman. They're all very, very good. Uh, I don't know what people will think of this, but 
Al Welch has always been one of my best interviews. The thing I always liked about Al is he could be funny. He he was always usually right on point. He was never afraid to speak his mind. You know, he wouldn't sugarcoat things. Sometimes he would tell it the way it is. If if he felt he coached a bad game or it didn't do well, even in victory sometimes, I know he there'd be times where he was critical of himself, but uh, maybe it's just because he won so many times. He was on so many times with me over the years, but he kind of stands out. And uh, it's funny. Usually when we get on, I mean, when we're on air live, it's usually pretty serious. But there are some times right before or right after where there's some funny things that people don't hear that the coaches say that, that really are funny. And I probably shouldn't repeat just to kind of keep things uh, yeah, uh, family oriented here, so to speak. But <laughs> I've, I've been lucky. I've had a lot of good coaches. I can't think of one that really stands out as like somebody that just, oh, I can't wait to talk to this guy. He cracks me up. There's just been so many great ones, you guys. In 34 years, that's – and you think of how many games we've done. That That's a lot of coaches I've talked to. Yeah, yeah, that is. I didn't know if you could, you could even narrow it down to one. Yeah, it's too hard to, too hard to narrow it down to one. But I, I, I have always enjoyed my, my interviews with Al because he uh, – he was open, he was honest, and he wasn't afraid to talk. There have been over the years a couple of guys, and I'm not going to throw any names out there. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus where it's kind of like they get a little nervous or something. I don't know what it is, but it's kind of like pulling teeth, you know, or you get the one-word answer, the yes, the no. But most guys are pretty candid, and they like to they like to talk about their kids and, and promote their program and their kids. You know, it's an opportunity for them to do that. And uh, we've always talked to the winning coaches, and not, nothing against the coaches that come up short on the scoreboard, but I do remember this one. Uh, over at Paulding at the Jungle, I think it was the first year Robin and I were doing games. This was a wild game. It was Delphus Jefferson and Paulding boys. The game went four overtimes, four overtimes. That's the most overtimes I ever remember seeing in a boys varsity game. I remember when I was in high school, Wayne Trace and Van Wert JV boys. I wasn't broadcasting them, but I was in school. There was a JV game over at the Cougars Den that went six overtimes. That's the most I've ever seen. But as far as broadcasting this four overtime game at Paulding back in that first year of uh, the 89-90 season, Paul Chapman was the coach of Paulding. Frank Minning was the coach of Dolphus Jefferson. And Frank is just such a wonderful guy. He, he's been coaching junior high over at Crestview the last few years. Anyone that knows Frank, he's a, he's a Dolphus St. John's guy. He was a varsity coach for many years at Jefferson, and he was coaching Jefferson that night. We did the interview with Paul Chapman. He came up. He was all sweaty and huffing and puffing. He was excited <laughs> to talk about the thrilling win. And Robin Eberly at the time said, you know what? I'm going to go down. I'm going to sneak down there and grab Frank Minning. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of coaches, they don't want to talk after a loss. They're usually pretty upset or whatever. But if anyone that knows Frank, he's such a great guy. He graciously came up and he congratulated Paulding and said a lot of great things about the Panthers. Yeah, he was disappointed, but he also threw out a lot of positive things about that Jefferson team he coached. That's the only time I ever talked to a coach that came up on the losing side. And I don't know, maybe that was a rookie move on my part or our part, but we did that back then. But that's always been a lot of fun, the coaches' interviews. Yeah, it, it is pretty fun. Peyton, you got anything else here? Uh, Kenny, one more question. And You've said that, uh, you know, how many years that you've been down to the state boys basketball tournament. They recently moved it to Dayton. Where would you prefer uh, you know, state basketball to be held? Well, Peyton, that's a good question. I mean, uh, most of us, including you, including me, we all love to get anytime we get a chance to go to the Ohio State University. And, Brett, I know you're a Buckeye through and through also. It's always a thrill to get there. It's a huge stage. Whether you're talking about the horseshoe in football where they had state football championship games played at, at one time and or at the old St. John Arena for basketball or the Schottenstein Center, Value City Arena for basketball. It's always great broadcasting from any of those venues. And I was blessed enough to – 
to do that at, at the basketball arenas. You, you mentioned they moved it to UD Arena down in Dayton. And until I had been, I had not been there, you know, the first year they did that, just uh, two years ago, I guess, kind of post-COVID, uh, Ohio State decided they didn't want to host anymore. And I hadn't been to UD Arena since the year after I graduated when Wayne Trace, and, and ironically, Van Ort made it down to the state tournament that year. It was back in 1987. That was the last, that was the first time since 87 that I had been at UD Arena. And I heard that they had done some renovations. And I don't know if you guys had the chance to go down there this last year to see Antwerp or maybe the year before when they brought it back to Dayton. I love Ohio State, but I think Dayton does a great job of hosting. That truly is a basketball arena. Uh, if you guys haven't been there, I think you guys probably have, though. It's, it's a great facility. Really like it at Dayton. I have no problem with it being at Dayton. Yeah, it's fun to go to Columbus, but I think UD really brings something special to the state tournament because uh, Jason and Brady and I, we were in that arena, I think, early one day when they first opened the doors. I don't, I think it was the first year we were down there, and we walked around that whole thing up around the top, and we sat in different seats. There is not a bad uh, seat in that place. I mean, the, the viewing angles are great, the way the floor is located, and the way the seats taper up. It's a great facility. They treat the media great. I think they treat the kids and the schools great. And I think they treat the fans great. And eventually, I think the tailgating and, and, and some of the other things that go into the fun of Boys State Tournament, I think it will catch on. I mean, the thing about Columbus that was cool is that everything was within walking distance. You could get to a watering hole or a restaurant or somewhere. And at UD, you know, you got to get out of there and get back on I-75 to go, you know, to a sports bar or to grab something to eat or whatever, or your hotel. Um, but I think Dayton's really coming along. I think they're doing a good job of hosting, and I really like it. Yeah. I, I, go ahead, Pete. Sorry. I went to the Antwerp game this past year, and it really feels like a high school basketball game. Sometimes the shot makes it feel too big, you know, for high school kids, and it kind of feels quiet. And being down there at UD this year, I'm, that place got loud. It did. The acoustics are real good in there. And I think, guys, maybe that was part of it that went into it also. Uh, I don't want to say that that the Schottenstein Center, because it's a beautiful facility, but it feels more like a pro venue. And I think maybe the state tournament lost some of its luster, because let's let's be honest, the attendance isn't what it used to be down there. I don't think as many people go for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it's a, a, a money thing, you know, the cost. It's not a cheap weekend to go down there by the time you buy tickets and buy food. And if you stay overnight, you know, it's you're into like a mini vacation almost down there from a price standpoint. But uh, to get to my point, I guess, I remember, you know, just for example, like when Wayne Trace was down there at the state tournament when they played LeBron, I think it was 2001. You know, there were great crowds down there at Value City Arena. They would they would really have great crowds. I remember St. John Arena when they had it. Their seating capacity, I think, is like 13,275, something like that. They would sell out games at St. John Arena. And then at Value City, I think that place seated like 18-5, and they had some great, uh, great, well-attended games, especially when LeBron and those Akron St. Vincent teams were down there. They would draw close to a sellout, you know, in the 16, 17,000 people range. Uh, and that was cool because there were people that wouldn't have been able to get into St. John Arena to see those games, having the bigger arena there in Columbus, more people got in. But then, as you mentioned, the crowds have dwindled, or, or as I mentioned, the crowds have dwindled over the years. And it is almost like a cavernous kind of feel. You know, there's a lot of empty seats. And uh, I just think UD is really nice for all the reasons that we stated earlier. Yeah, I would I would agree with all of that. I mean, love going to Columbus anytime you can, like you mentioned, Kenny. But, but UD's just got a different feel, I thought, being down there this year watching those games. So, 
yeah, I, I don't know. I'm good. I, I'd agree with you 100% there. Peyton, you got anything else before we go? Uh, well, last question, I guess, Kenny. What you've seen Antler Parchers this year in football, and you've seen the Crestview Knights. Haven't seen Wayne Trace or Paulding yet, but I believe you see Wayne Trace this week. What are you excited for for uh, the rest of this football season? Well, I'm excited to see Wayne Trace and Crestview, obviously, this week. That'll be a fun game. It's a rivalry game. It'll be well attended. Um, I'm anxious to see Paulding also because I've seen what they the, the fights they've put up the last couple of weeks, and they've had to face a little adversity, let's be honest, right before the season started. And I'm, I've heard good things about their defense. I've heard good things about Wayne Trace's defense. So I'm anxious to see how those two football teams come along. I was impressed with Crestview the night we saw them in week one. They handled Parkway fairly easily. And, uh, and uh, you know, we had Antwerp uh, this past weekend in their their win the other night over Eden, and they looked very, very good offensively. Uh, they gave up some points on the D, but one of the things about Antwerp, you know, they got a lot of guys, a typical small school football. I think they had nine guys, maybe 10 guys that were playing two ways, and fatigue starts to set in, and maybe that has to do with maybe some of the points they give up defensively. Same goes for Eden. They were in the same boat. But, um, yeah, I, I've seen Crestview. I've been impressed. I've seen Antwerp. I've been impressed. I'm excited to see Wayne Trace this week, and I believe we'll have Paulding coming up in week five. We'll be kind of Paulding heavy with our schedule the last half of the season. So I'm anxious to see uh, the Panthers and the Raiders for the first time coming up here, like you said. So I don't know what to expect. You know, there's different faces every year, and the coaches have a big challenge of trying to put the puzzle pieces together and, and compete. And uh, I do love Friday night lights. I, I, it really snuck up on me this year. I think it snuck up on a lot of people just feels like this summer really flew by. And the other crazy thing to me with football, you know, we started back on the 19th with week one, we're going to have three weeks of high school football in before labor day. And that to me, that's really something. I mean, I can't believe we're two games in already, but I look forward to all of it. It's always fun because of all the people you get to see and, uh, the kids you get to cover, and it's neat to see the crowd out there. I, I heard there were great uh, great numbers at the Wayne Trace-Patrick Henry game on uh, Friday night, this past Friday. Brady covered that uh, for MySports.Live, and uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll see all those diehard fans. You know, football's an exciting time for, for so many people. I mean, uh, it, it's neat the way it's set up with the high school games on Friday, and, of course, we all love the college football on Saturday and, and the pros on Sunday. So it's an exciting time of year. For sure, for sure. Uh, I think we got a few, just a couple more questions for you, Kenny, and I don't want to keep you too long. I know we went over a little longer than what we anticipated, but I think I've got one and Peyton's got one more. Um, I guess my last question for you would be, um, out of all the years, uh, your 34 years you said, what would maybe be the best few games or best couple games? I know you probably can't pick one out of the rest of them, but – what are the best games you've seen while covering um, for WKSD? Oh, there's been so many, you know, and I love doing the basketball. <laughs> what was the first thing I did? And that's what I've done the longest. So I'll go with uh, basketball, although I will throw in. It's exciting when your alma mater makes it to the state championship in football. That was a real thrill for me. Yeah. Uh, being able to do a broadcast from uh, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. I think it was called Fawcett Stadium at the time in Canton at the Hall of Fame. That was really a neat experience for me. That's That's got to easily be number one in football. 
man, as far as basketball, there's been so many great ones. You know, the archers were so good this year. You know, Wayne Trace has had their moments. That Wayne Trace Paulding rivalry game is always a fun one to do. I mean, there's been great ones throughout the years and throw out, you know, who wins, who who holds the series edge or whatever. It's just always fun because there's so many, so many family ties, you know, on both sides. You guys know how that is. And you guys have both been involved in it, you know, as players. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, there's been buzzer beaters. You know, I was thinking the other day about when TJ Marino hit a shot at the buzzer uh, for Paulding, you know, to beat Wayne Trace. There was a game that I think when Brady was a junior, Alex Arellano and those guys beat Wayne Trace and, and Ethan Linder and those guys. There's been so many great Wayne Trace Paulding games. I always enjoy those. You know, we cover Crestview also, and they've had a lot of success. There's been a lot of great games. I mean, some of those Crestview Lincoln View rivalry games kind of. Uh, kind of mirror the Wayne Trace Paulding thing, but I would be remiss if I didn't include Antwerp into the mix also. Some of those Antwerp-Wayne Trace games, look at how good the Archers have been the last couple of years, just recent memory. Uh, You know, those games with Wayne Trace have been some wild ones, and, you know, we've had tournament games. Uh, I would have to say that it's fun when those head-to-head games match up because we're familiar with the kids and, and all the fans and everything, and it just seems like everything gets amped up an extra notch. There's been so many good ones for me to just pick out one or two. But I, the rivalry games, even though everybody's friends usually when it's all said and done and the contest is over, those are a lot of fun to me. Those are still – I still get amped up for those games, you know, when when the Paulding County teams go head to head. I guess that's I guess that's how I would answer that. But, there, you know, that when Wayne Trace played LeBron in the state tournament back in 01, that was, that was really neat too. I mean, anytime you have a, a team that makes it – they haven't been to the districts for a long time or they haven't been to the regionals or they haven't been to state and they get there. That's, that's always cool to see too, whether it's boys or girls. So I hope I answered that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's per That's fine. That's perfect. Um, yeah. Uh, Peyton, you, you have a uh, last question here for Kenny before we let him go. I'm sure you got a, a Buckeye question for him. Yeah. Kenny, you know, Buckeye season upon us. We're six uh, days away. What's your outlook for the Buckeyes, and especially here in week one? I think they're going to be a really tough out, Peyton. I'm real excited about the offense. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to be too overconfident because things happen. I, I, I know anything can happen in sports. Uh, you guys know that, too. But I really, truly believe that Ohio State's offense is really going to be tough to slow down. Now, big shocker there, really going out on a limb there, I know. But the thing <laughs> I'm excited about with the Buckeyes is to see what Coach Knowles and the uh, the defense brings to the table. The defense has got to get better. you got to be able to stop people. So I'm real anxious to see uh, how the defense comes along. I hope uh, they are as improved as what I'm hearing, what I'm reading. But we will see. And what a test in that opener. Uh, Brady and I are going to go down there. We're going to meet a couple of friends, a good buddy of mine who lives, a former Paulding Panther, uh, lives down in Florida, Kerry Kelly. He and I are, have been friends for years. Uh, he and his son are going to fly up and meet Brady and I. So we're looking forward to connecting with them and going to that game and soaking up that atmosphere. But another neat Buckeye-Notre Dame tie-in is Marcus Freeman being the head coach at Notre Dame. I, it's going to be a lot of fun, a number two versus number five matchup on Labor Day weekend. It doesn't get much better than that in prime time. And I feel pretty confident about the Buckeyes. I talk to other people, and they're, you know, get a little nervous like they normally do before the games. I wouldn't count Notre Dame out, but – it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think the Buckeyes, the sky is the limit for them as far as what they're able to do. they got to avoid injuries. I think they got to shore up the D. The offense is going to be really nasty, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I would agree with everything you said there, Kenny. Uh, 
Peyton, you got anything else before we get off here? You got a little follow up or nope. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Kenny, for coming on. It was it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys. I didn't mean to give you a uh ten minute answer to all those questions, but I enjoy visiting with you guys and it's really cool that you're doing this podcast and uh good luck with, with that venture and uh uh, hopefully it catches on and, and people enjoy it. And uh, I enjoy listening to podcasts. That's something uh, that I've uh, uh, continued to do and do more and more, especially in my full-time job. I'm out on the road a lot, you know, and I Bluetooth my phone into my car. And uh, one of the things I do a lot of times during my work day is listen to podcasts. And it's usually sports podcasts. So this will fit right in line with that. And I appreciate you guys thinking of me and having me on. Uh, good luck with everything, guys. And I hope to see you soon. Sounds good. We appreciate you uh, taking time out of your Sunday evening here to spend some time with us. Um, Best wishes to you and your family. And again, thanks for coming on. Thank you, guys. Thanks very, very much. And uh, go Bucks, guys. We'll see you soon. Yeah, go Bucks. Have a good one, Kenny. Yep. See you guys. See ya. Well, Peyton, that was a pretty cool interview there with Kenny. Um, really glad he took time out of his day to uh, spend with us to just give us a little history, a little background of how he got started and some real interesting things in that little clip we did there. Uh, Absolutely. You know, you can't talk about Paulding County sports or Northwest Ohio sports without talking about, you know, the legend, Kenny Stabler. So, you know, it was very nice of him to take time out of his day and, you know, growing up or even when you're in high school, and you seen Kenny or Jason at the game or Kenny and Sean at the game, you knew, you know, it was a big game, but you were honored to play that they were going to get to call your game. So you played a little harder when uh, you seen Kenny walk in the door and WKSD was there. Yeah, for sure. I can remember, you know, when I played, that was uh, Kenny and Brian Sean that he mentioned there. And, um, yeah, you're right. You, you walk in, you know they're in the house. You, you know, for me, playing at Wayne Trace, looking up at the palace, you know, top of the palace, and there they are uh, sitting up there. Yeah, it, it gave you a little extra motivation for sure. So, um, yeah, it, it was always cool to have them in there. And you always play. You're right. I, I mean, I don't I played a lot. I should say a lot harder, but it, it just gave you that little extra motivation. And I think you're 100 percent right there. And most importantly, Kenny's one of the, you know, most genuine people you'll ever meet, one of the nicest guys. He'll always take time out of his day just to come up and talk to you, ask you how you're doing. Just one of the all all around good guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's always pretty neat how um, you know, he he knows so many people from so many different communities and you know, he he spoke on his job on how he loves that. And I know uh he, he does a lot of travel and he meets people that way, but it's, it's really neat to see. I mean, he's, he's constantly traveling, whether it's his, his nine to five job. I mean, I don't know his, his actual hours, but you know, his, his day-to-day job, his everyday job. And then, you know, to go cover high school sports and enjoy doing it and meeting people that way too. I think that's pretty neat. And, and like, you know, he- can't make a living off of doing that he's just doing it because he loves north you know he loves northwest ohio sports he loves doing it for you know it's all about the kids like he said earlier in the interview uh just imagine football season not as you know demanding on him but like when he gets to basketball season there might be nights where he has wednesday nights his only off night you know 
sometimes there's an occasion Monday night boys game or girls game. And then, you know, Tuesday girls game, Thursday girls game, Friday boys game, Saturday boys game. So, and traveling all over, you'll see Kenny at Delphus, you'll see him at Lincoln View, Crestview, Paulding, Wayne Trace, Antwerp, Hicksville, you know, the list goes on. So, just think about the time, the hours, you know, he spent just driving to these places. And not only that, what his his family also has to sacrifice, like he said, but it was really cool that he takes his son when he was younger and then now him and Brady are back calling games and now Brady's doing his own thing for my sports. So, you know, it's very cool what he's he sacrificed, what his family sacrificed for Northwest Ohio sports. It is really, yeah, it, it's it's neat. It's really cool. Um, was there anything that maybe uh, you didn't know beforehand when we talked to him that, that maybe really interested you or just kind of stood out to you? I think, you know, learning his start on how he got into broadcasting you know, just being in high school, as high school principal or athletic director at the time, thought of him, did, was like the DJ, like he said, you know, that that was very cool how, you know, they got started and how they basically thrown him into the fire. He's like, all right, if you know what a zone defense is and what a man defense is, you're going to Crestview Friday night. And it was like, a, what do you say, Monday or Tuesday? You know, so that was, you know, he just got thrown in the fire and a legend was born, you know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um I guess the, the, yeah, to follow that up. And that was kind of the most interesting thing to me is how uh, it all got started. And I guess I never realized uh, how Robin Eberly was tied in there. You know, that was his first color guy he mentioned. So that's pretty cool. And then, and then the way Robin just threw the headset to Roger, I thought that was really neat, you know? So, um, yeah, just a, just a great interview. And we want to thank Kenny again for taking time out of his, his busy schedule and to spend a Sunday evening with us to discuss, you know, some high school sports and kind of how everything got started. It was really neat. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can't thank him enough. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, that's just the first guest of many. We're hoping to have a lot more guys on. Uh, maybe some head coaches, some assistant coaches, uh, maybe some athletic directors, maybe some other media guys. Um, we haven't really got that far, but we thought Kenny was a good start um, to, to kicking off this podcast. Um, and we really hope, you know, word starts to spread and we get some listeners out of this thing and, and just keep it rolling. So... All right, man. That was that, it. Was awesome. But let's move on here. Um, week two. Week it's, two. It's came and gone. Now we're already in week three. It, like Kenny said, we're already week three. But like right before Labor Day weekend. Yeah. yeah. That's that's unfathomable. But you know what? We're here. And what a great weekend for high school football. It was. And let, let's go ahead and just let's start with the game you called Friday night. Um, over at Keyser Field in Paulding, you had the uh, Spencerville Bearcats and the Paulding Panthers. What what uh, really stood out to you there? And give us a little recap on the game, if you would. It, it was truly a tale of two halves. You know? um, <clears throat> and like my partner Scoop Miller said, um, what used to be a conference rivalry where teams knew each other, you know, Spencerville Paulding, we. You know, um, was always a tough game. It was always later in the season. It, was always, it seemed like it was always like week nine. 
uh, that we always played Spenceville. So right at the tail end of your season. And um, so, so some familiar foes, uh, but Spenceville came in doing something that Paulding hasn't seen them do for a very long time, uh, which is running the spread offense. And early on, it was Paulding's game. Paulding dominated the first half. Uh, the halftime stats really speak for itself. Most of the time, you know, Scoop Miller, my partner, my color commentary for my sports, uh, we were talking about uh, time of possession. You know, there's sometimes where time of possession can really tell the game, and then there's sometimes where time of possession doesn't really mean anything because you can have four touchdowns on one play each touchdown, and your time yeah. of possession is slim to none. Uh, but the first half and the second half, for that fact, really showed that the time of possession was the major part of the game. Uh, Paulding had 11 first downs in the first half to Spencerville's two. Jacob Fife, the offense, was clicking on all cylinders. Mighty impressive. The defense, Josh Henline picked himself, Spencerville quarterback, picked himself up a lot uh, in that first half. Along in the second half, the linebackers got to him. Paulding's defense uh, was playing fantastic. Uh, There's a one time that Spencerville got inside into Paulding territory, and the Paulding defense just buckled down. And so Paulding goes in the break, you know, up 13 nothing. which you could think that, you know, watching the game, honestly, it should have been a 21 or more point ball game going into halftime. And then coming out of halftime, I mean, that's where the flip kind of switched. Spenceville got the ball coming out of half. Um, and, you know, they go out and put a score up. Paulding really couldn't get anything going in the uh, second half. You know, that's credit to Coach Chris Summers, who's won – multiple NWC conference championships, you know, so he's a good coach. He went in, made adjustments. Um, uh, but the turning point of the game was the safety, I believe, and uh, made it 16-13. Paulding was down going in the fourth quarter. But, folks, seeing that final score, the 37-13, doesn't explain how close this game actually was. You know, Spencerville got a couple scores late in the ball game that, you know, just tacked on to make it look worse. But this game was close from start to the middle of the fourth quarter. And, you know, credit the Paulding kids for coming out and playing. They were banged up. Uh, Kobe Ford looked like he was a little banged up. Uh, Braden Sanders. But they played They played hard all night, and you cannot uh, discredit the effort they gave. They gave so much effort. Uh, so if you're a Paulding Panther fan, uh, they have a lot to look forward to in the weeks coming, especially with Delta coming into Paulding this week. You know, I think this is a great opportunity for them to win. You know, Delta's a little lower in the NWAL, but they're an NWAL school, so you know they're going to come in and play tough. Uh, but I was very proud of the effort of the first half. And then along as the you know, second half, they just couldn't get things rolling like they did in the first half. You know, it was a special night for me, you know, getting to call the game. It was my younger brother's first varsity start. You know, so that was very cool to call that. And, uh, you know, very proud of him. You know, he's worked his tail off and, it's starting to come to fruition. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I know you'd mentioned uh, Friday, you'd sent me a text saying Luke was getting his first start. And I was like, man, that's pretty cool. And, and uh, yeah, he deserves it. And, and uh, so rate little brother's performance a little bit. I, there. I, How do you do? I, I thought he played really well. There's a couple pancake blocks. I noticed it's, it was hard. I had to go back and watch the film on him because as I was broadcasting, you, you follow the play, you can't right, right. Stand, stay and watch him. So I went back and watched him. I thought he held his own. Spenceville had 
uh, three seniors on the defensive line. So he was going against guy. You know, like I said, he's a sophomore. He's going against guys bigger than him. Uh, they across the board. Spencerville had a bigger D line, um, which is no surprise. Spencerville is you know is traditionally bigger. So, uh, but I thought he held his own, and I thought he played really well. And so, you know, happy for him. And it's kind of cool. He didn't miss one of my games. You know, he was a water boy every Friday night that I played. You know, so it was, it was cool to just, you know, being away at college, getting able to come back for his first start, but knowing that I won't be able to come back for most of his games. So it was cool to go back and watch a little brother. Yes, that's pretty awesome. And he was rocking Grandpa Jerry's number, so uh, even better. I mean, that was, yeah. that was very cool. So he's rocking the 51. That's awesome. So your dad uh, made a Facebook post Friday afternoon about the number 51 hasn't been more by a Beckman since 1959 at, at Panther Field. So, uh, you know, that just, yeah, like you said, the way it all came together, that's pretty cool. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yep. So, so- – I, if you're the Paulding kids, you know, just put your head down and keep working. And you, they know that wins are coming. They just got to put it all together for four quarters now. They did it yeah. for one half. Now they just you got to put it in for all four quarters. That's why you play 48 minutes, not 24. That's right. Um, I was going to ask you just real quick before we move on. Could you tell uh, the progression maybe from week one to week two as far as did the players look a little more comfortable? Were the – coaches a little more in sync uh play calling wise i mean obviously you don't know exactly what they're calling but did it just feel like i had more of a rhythm and it was a little more comfortable absolutely um i went down to talk to coach jim Minzy before the game and uh you know i was talking to him a little bit and he said you know they got the cobwebs knocked off of them the first week you know it took them uh a half and a quarter you know to get really going they didn't start scoring until the fourth quarter bolting in week mm-hmm. one and so he goes, we're, we knocked the cobwebs off. You know, we're going to get ready. And I thought the play calling was excellent. You know, when you have guys like Dawson Lamb being able to run the football between the tackles, he is a big physical back. You know, I, I'm curious to see what his yards after contact were. were. Uh, but then Paulding's really got, you know, an underrated group of this Paulding Panther team as their receivers. You know, they're younger guys led by a senior in Braden Sanders. But – you know, they have some guys that can make some plays out in the open space. And Jacob Fife was delivering the football. I thought the offensive play calling was there. Now, missed on a couple deep balls, which, which you know they're going to, you know, more reps, you know, of doing that. They're going to get better on that. But I was very impressed with the play calling this week. And, again, then again, the defense, they were phenomenal. There's, you know, three big plays that were the difference. You know, a little busted coverage coverages that's due to you know some youthfulness in the back end but uh you know the the front seven have been the most impressive group of this polling team this year which is you know defense line linebackers those linebackers pin their ears back and they go yeah that's good that's good um good stuff there how about the raiders this weekend a tough one at raider field yeah and actually it yeah it was pretty tough um just couldn't really seem to get out of their own way. Um, and it, you know, a lot of people are going to point to the quarterback play. And, you know, you got a guy who's a junior. Not only did he not play football last year, but has never played the quarterback position in his life. He's a converted offensive lineman, specifically a center, you know. 
So he made some mistakes. Um, there was a, a bad snap early on in the game on a punt that kind of it, it didn't really leave the ground. <clears throat> um, and it kind of checked up right before the punter and took a, a nasty hop. And so set, you know, Patrick Henry up with a, a pretty good field position. Um, but again, the you know, speak on the positive, the defense for the Raiders was just relentless. Um, just going back and watching that game over again, there were many times that maybe we caused the turnover or, or got a big stop and we kind of gave it, you know, the Raiders gave it right back to PH. Um, and so they, you know, defense is on the field a lot. It seemed like, especially the first half and more, more so that second quarter, um, but yeah, you know, final score is twelve nothing. Uh, so I thought the defense played pretty well. Um, just, just not a good night. Like I said, the, the turnovers were too much. Um, there was a lot of penalties the week before. I think we, you know, Wayne Trace only had one or two penalties. Um, Friday night against Patrick Henry, they had nine penalties, I believe, eight or nine penalties. I mean, it was. It was just uh, it was a little step back from what we saw week one. Well, the best thing is they got a rivalry game this week. You know, I'm sure those boys are going to be amped up. That's a big time rivalry between Crestview and Wayne Trace, and it's a little more added. Be uh, Coach Holden being from uh, Crestview, so hopefully the Raiders can get back back on track. Yeah, that, I mean, and I think they will. Um, I think they will. You got. And, you know, you got a big, like you said, big rivalry game coming up. Um, Coach Holden going back to Crestview for the first time as a head coach. Um, So there's going to be some added uh, drama, if you will. Um, Yeah, it it should be a pretty good game. Uh, I really, truly believe they'll clean those things up and uh, get back to work this week and – I expect a pretty good game over there down at Convoy uh, this Friday. And uh, you you talking about the penalties. I, that's one thing I forgot to mention about Paulding. That's, that was huge. There was one point they uh, – I think they had nine – no, nine or 11 penalties. I can't remember. Somewhere in that range for 175 yards. Wow. So it's going to be tough to win games when you're constantly seeing laundry on the field, and it's because of your play. But the best thing is, that's coachable. You know, you can fix those things. You know, you can't fix, you know, bad tackling or bad blocking in years past, like you've seen, uh, you know, by some of the Paulding teams. This, you know, this year, you know, you're shooting your own selves in the foot. You hate to see it, but it's correctable, and the coaches can fix that, and you, you can fix it through a week of practice, and you can fix it by just flat out running. You know, your coach can run you to death. And you won't do that stuff ever again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, just to throw a little, a few stats at you from the Wayne Trace game, uh, courtesy of of Kevin Wanamaker. Um, he definitely a few. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean they, they're they're fairly even even, um, but uh, until you get down to the rushing yards and um, 
the, the penalties and the turnovers. So, ah, well, the turnovers were actually, eh. We had, eh, Wayne Trace had five turnovers and they had four. So, yeah, I mean, pretty even on the turnovers. Um, but just looking here, total offense, Wayne Trace had 125 yards of total offense. Um, that's not going to really get it done. Now, speaking to the defense, Patrick Henry only had 155 yards of total offense. So, I mean, it, different ways to look at it. Um, all the points came in the second quarter by Patrick Henry. Um, Kyle Slade was the uh, leading rusher. He had 12 carries for 27. Um, Nash Meyer for PH had 22 carries for 60 yards. Um, and then passing Kyle Stoller, you know, he had, uh, he had 17 completions, 42 attempts for 117. Um, again, just the rushing yards is where, and, and I know sacks go into that and, and probably the punt snap, you know, the snap on the punt that went awry that was actually recovered by us. I, you know, I don't know if those things factor in, but eight rushing yards to Patrick Henry's 96. But, now, you know, that's the difference in the game. And the attempts were pretty even 20 Wayne Trace is 28 to, to pH is 30. You know, shutting down a Bill Inselman coach team to 12 points, you know, here in the, you know, how many yards they had here in those stats. You know, that's pretty impressive by the Wayne Trace defense, if you think about it. You know, Coach yeah. I, you know, Coach Eyes is, you know, he runs his stuff and uh, done it for a long time. And here in the Raiders, compete that well. And I did see that, you know, that bad snap, um, you know, set PH up with great field position. You know, that's tough to overcome. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you really think about it, you know, you know one really big score. And uh, I didn't get to see it. I, I think I watched that part and I had to shut it off. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It sounds like, you know, the Raider fans, you know, get the, get the offense going. And, uh, you know, yeah. you're going to be right there in the GMC. Absolutely. I, I Firmly. I, I mean, I believe that. I believe that 100%. Like I said, I, I – uh, um, I really think they'll turn around. Matt Holden's a great coach. He's got a great staff. Um, they're a young staff, but, you know, so they're going to make their share of mistakes. But they're great guys. They're, they they know the game. And they'll get back to the drawing board. I'm sure they did that all weekend here and uh, put together a great game plan for Crestview this Friday. Absolutely. And I, I, I hope, I, I really believe, you know, all three Paulding County teams are going to pick up a W this weekend. Uh, I am very optimistic. Um, all Luke's buddies were over at the house this weekend, and, you know, they were – we're going to get Delta. We're going to get a W Friday night. And, you know, that's the attitude you have to have. You drop a game like that where you're up 13 nothing. Same with Wayne Trace. I'm sure their kids, they're ready to get – they're hungry to get back to work after this past weekend. So, I, I firmly believe that all three Paulding County schools are going to pick up a W this weekend. Sure, absolutely. Um, were there any, uh, any other game? Uh, well, let's talk about Antwerp while we're here in the in the county. Let's talk about Antwerp. Um, big win Friday night over the Eden Bombers, fifty-four to thirty-two. Um, sounded like, and Kenny touched on it in the interview. 
Um, sounded like uh, the offenses were clicking, but having you know having those guys go both ways that maybe that that had a little bit of factor on the defense giving up that many points. Yeah. Um, the archers, they're going to continue what they do. They're going to put points on the board. And I don't know if you want to, you know, want to get in a scoring race with them because I think they're going to out weapon you. And I, uh, so I really think you got to play great defense when you play Antwerp and coach Hale's team. Uh, Carson Ultimus is a dude at that quarterback position. I see that he had five rushing touchdowns. Um, yeah, that was crazy. All that. That's wild, isn't it? Oh, man, for a quarterback, yeah. And, you know, he he's not a big kid. He's not going to overpower you. You know, he's, he's kind of shorter, shifty, fast. And so he's got the will. And then having a freak like Landon Brewer on the outside, you know, he's just a great athlete. And, you know, finally getting the confidence of that offensive line, like we said, they're bringing four new five offensive linemen in this year. And when you pick up two big wins like the Edward Archers have, those boys are going to continue to grow and play with more confidence. And it's easier to play football when your confidence is through the roof. And Antwerp should be. Uh, so they have a great running back at Reed Leasty. So the Archers are just going to keep doing what they're doing. And, you know, that's going to be a good race for the GMC, I think, this year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, congratulations to the archers, big win. Um, you know, they, they, they played Eden twice last year, I believe. Ain't that right, Peyton? Yeah. Week two. And then, uh, I think that was week 12 last year in the playoffs. Yeah. And Eden got them both times, I believe. Right. Yep. Yep. So Eden, that, that, that was a very good Eden team though. though. Drew Gallyhoo and oh, the, weapon, the weapons he had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, the, that was a good team. So that, that's good for the archers to come back and and uh, get a big win this weekend. Is there any other games that maybe stood out to you? Maybe you heard a little little bit about, had some reports on the Arch Bold Blue Streaks. Oh, huge win! DB Derek Baxa, your boys go down to St. Henry in the Mac Country, and they pit, they come out with a W. I mean, that doesn't get any more exciting than that. A big win too. Uh, mean, huge. It 30, Thirty-four to ten. Was it, it wasn't close. It wasn't close. Yeah, that's huge for the the blue streaks. Uh, great win on the road. Like you said, about had to be over a couple hour trip. Um, heading down there. I know we mentioned maybe Friday when we were on the pod um, that. DB said, you know, they were going to make a stop down there in Salina, get out, do some stretching, get some to eat. And uh, that obviously paid off and worked for them. I tell you what, going that, going two hours and picking up a W, that bus ride doesn't feel like two hours, the bus ride back. That, that, those boys probably enjoyed that one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They probably just loved every minute of it. I mean, that's a huge win going down there in the back country. And rightfully so, they they should enjoy that one. Yep. Um, another game that really, that really, um, was a good game. It sounded like uh, Columbus Grove at Liberty Benton. Do you hear anything on that? I mean, I, Liberty I Benton. Didn't. Liberty Benton wins twenty four thirteen. 
uh, two really good teams. I, I, that was probably a dandy to watch. Yeah, I bet it was too. I would have loved to have been there, but, uh, you know, it does sound like a great overall high school football game. And, uh, you know, congrats to the Eagles picking out the W. Uh, Columbus Grove's got to go back to the drawing board. Another game, you know, that kind of pointed my eye was the Rambos picking up their first win of the Vic, uh, 2022 campaign against Wauseon. So the GMC pulling one out against the NWAL, a thing that they couldn't do in week one. So it's good to see that uh, train start to roll. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, big win, huge win there for the Rams. Um, you knew Coach Krause was going to get right back to work him and his staff after that week one loss to Liberty Center and the way they got beat up there at Liberty Center. You knew uh, some changes were maybe going to be made. And, and uh, you know, I don't know the details. Maybe they didn't make any changes. But you could beat 31-0, you, you just go hard. You go back to the drawing board and uh, look to make some changes, I would imagine. And, obviously, it paid off for them. Uh, absolutely. So, credit Coach Kraus and his staff and, his guys for, uh, you know, going right back to work and pulling out the victory. But this past week, you know, no other really close scores that really opened my eye. So Yeah, as far as close scores, there weren't any. But how about the Edgerton Bulldogs um, defeating Hilltop 59 to nothing? Shout out to uh, head coach Brody Flegel. Um, he's got that. Bulldog team looking pretty good this this season so far. Oh, absolutely! Then that's a front. I mean, that's a team in the GMC that they're looking to contend too. So GMC right now, I quite honestly believe they have four teams before we even start GMC play that you know are all heading to that title. You know, they they want to compete for that NW uh, GMC title. Excuse me. So I think this this is going to be a fun year of GMC football. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, uh, you know, kind of wrapping up the high school week, what about week zero? College football was back, baby. College football was back. And Nebraska still back. They're terrible. <laughs> well, while we're here, let's go over our picks. We picked four games from week zero. Uh, the first game we picked, Nebraska, Northwestern, over in Dublin, Ireland. Um, Big or, crowd on hand, too. I was yeah. impressed. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Um, Northwestern pulls that one out, 31-28. We both lost that game, Peyton. Uh, we both took the Huskers, I believe, and come up short there. Um, you know, I, still pulling for Scott Frost. You know, I, I kind of like him. But, you know, after watching yesterday's game, I don't know, and it is an it is a, a even year, number of year. We kind of made that joke Friday, or excuse me, Wednesday when we were on the show. Um, it's an even year, so maybe Northwestern is going to be a little better than what we had anticipated. Yeah, and uh, you know, wasn't really sure what the turning point of that game was. Scott Frost electing to onside kick and give the. Northwestern, great field position. Not sure the thought process behind that one. You know, you got to assume the special teams coach told him, if we get this look, we're going to onside kick it. Uh, 
I mean, it just kind of a, you know, you scratch your head and think, you know, why did, why did he do that? So. Yeah. And when was that? It was that, was that at the, in the third or was that in the fourth yet? I think that was in the third. Um, like late in the third? I think that might have been late in the third. Late third, yeah. Because yeah. Nebraska just put a great drive together and, you know, capped it off with a touchdown. And then he goes out, onside, onside kicks it. And then Nebraska all of a sudden couldn't move the football after that onside kick. You know, Northwestern went down and scored. You know, the Helensky for Northwestern, you know, he's a solid quarterback. He's been around. He's, you know, started at South Carolina, I believe. So I was pretty impressed with Northwestern. You know, you, it's hard to root for, you know, it's hard to root against Pat Fitzgerald. You know, I love that man. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good coach. Um, moving on, our, our second game we picked. Uh, this one wasn't really close. The uh, Wyoming uh, against Illinois at Illinois. Uh, we both took the Illini. The Illini win 38-6. to I still believe that would have been a closer game had Garrett Crawl still been there. But oh, yeah. He, G- GMC blood just makes them that much tougher. Yeah, he they might have been able to give the Illini a run for their money. And I, like I said, I don't know much about uh, this Wyoming team this year. Um, but that's, uh, that's a tough task to, to go to Champaign and come out with a win there. Yeah. Uh, moving on here, let's go to our next. I mean, did you have anything else to really add there? No, I watched the first half of that game and then watched the basically almost all of that uh, Northwestern Nebraska game. And then after that, didn't really watch any more college football in the day. Yeah. Um, we both took Illinois. We both won that one. The next two games, we both won that we picked. And those weren't even close. I thought they were going to be a little bit better. Um, but FAU. Uh, defeats Charlotte, uh, forty-three to thirteen, and then the the nightcap, the ten thirty start. Uh, Vanderbilt defeated Hawaii, sixty-three to ten, and uh, we both picked those. You got anything? I mean, you just said you didn't watch those games, but uh, did you hear anything about those games? No, no, no. I'm just juiced for now. We're officially in game week, Brett. We're officially here. Yep, we got week zero out of the way. It's week one. And big college football coming this week. Um, you know, the, the slate's pretty big, too. I think Cincinnati travels to Arkansas. Uh, there's some other big games. Oregon and Georgia. So, I mean, yeah. college football fans, if you're a college football fan, you know, you're not disappointed this weekend. No, we'll get more into that coming up this week later. Uh, looking to do our next installment here on Wednesday. I believe, right, Peyton? Absolutely, yep. Yeah, we'll look at Wednesday evening again and, and dive more into week one of college football, but it's here. <clears throat> um, since we were on the topic of picks, let's go back through the high school football. Um, start with Crestview and Hicksville. We'll kind of jump back that way. Um, we both took Crestview in our picks. Crestview won uh, 42-12 to over the Aces. Um, and we expected that. We we expected yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, Hicksville, keep grinding. Give you a shout-out. Keep grinding. Keep working. Uh, Coach Smith, 
great guy, great coach. He'll, he'll keep them right there in the hunt. Um, moving on to the next game, uh, the Delphi Jefferson Wildcats go to Ayersville, and the Ayersville Pilots went at home 41-21. We both picked that game correctly. We took the Pilots. I will say, though, I, I said that one might be a low-scoring game right around the 20s, and the Pilots put up 41 points. That's pretty impressive, don't you think, Peyton? Yeah, it's, yep. You know, congrats to Coach Mickey in his first season, getting his first win at Ayersville. So, credit to him and his guys for losing a close one week one and bouncing back in week two in a big fashion. So, congratulations to Coach Mickey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next game we got um, Lipstick and Fairview. Fairview is at home. Um, and Lipstick just kind of dominated from the start, which was was anticipated, I, I think. You know, we both took Lipstick. Uh, Lipstick wins 48-6. to six, And uh, and the Apaches, their second loss of the season. Yep, you know, uh, Apaches keep grinding, like, you know, like we said to Hicksville. It's a long season. You know, Coach McCord's going to turn that program around as well. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, next one, we already talked about them a little bit. Antwerp Archers defeating Eden uh, 54-32. to uh, We both took the Archers. We win that one. Um, like I said, we already kind of talked about that. Congratulations to Coach Hale and his staff. Um, getting a two and zero, uh, and another good one coming this week for the archers. Yep, yep. Congrats, Coach Hale. Keep it, keep it moving. Best thing about going two and zero is chance to go three and zero. Yep, they'll be at home welcoming uh, Hilltop, the Hilltop Cadets. Uh, speaking of Hilltop, we already talked about this game a little bit. They went to Edgerton, and Edgerton. 159 nothing. We both took the Bulldogs, so we got that one. Great job by the Bulldogs. Um, next game, we already mentioned again, Sonora over Wasion, 27-14. This is where we split, Peyton. You took Wasion, and you missed it. I took the Rambos. The Rambos come out with a big win. Good bounce back game for them. Yep. Like we said earlier, you know, congrats to Coach Krause and those boys for keeping their head down and keeping working. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big win. Uh, Pauline and Spencerville, the game you covered, you didn't make a pick. Um, I picked Spencerville, even though, you know, I was, deep down I was rooting for the Panthers and, and little cousin getting his first varsity start, but just didn't shake out that way. Congrats. Nope. Congratulations to the Bearcats. Yep, yep. Uh, Patrick Henry, Wayne Trace, again, we split there. You gained one on me there. You took uh, the Patriots. I took the Raiders. Um, again, we already spoke on that a little bit. We don't need to dive back into that. But, uh, Raiders, I think they'll, they, they really will bounce back and got a big, big contest coming up this week. Yeah, the Raiders are just fine. All right. Grove and Benton, we mentioned that. Um, Liberty Benton wins 24-13. We both took Grove. Uh, 
lost. I really thought Groove. I thought that'd be a good game. I just I, I thought Groove would come out with a win there, but credit to uh, to Liberty Benton. You know, that's a that's a big win for them. That's a good win. Yeah, uh, that that is a big time win. So congrats to the Eagles for picking up that win. And we had one more on the slate, didn't we? Yeah, we had one more. Um, both. Yeah, we have one more here. Archibald and St. Henry. Um, again, streaks go down to Matt Country. Come out with a 34-10 to 10 win. We both took the blue streaks. Um, congratulations to them. And a big win this week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a special shout-out to DB, Paulding County native. Coaching for the blue streaks. Your classmate, so congrats, DB. Congrats, DB. That's a big one. That's a big one. And uh, yeah, great staff up there too. You know, those guys. Those guys are fantastic. So great job by the streaks. Um, looking forward to this week, Peyton. Are there any games that really stand out to you? Oh, uh, the rivalry game in Convoy. The Raiders and the Knights, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna battle that one out. And I, I th- feel like that's gonna be a four-quarter battle. You know, you know, bring the shoulder pads. It's gonna be a hard-hitting game. Yeah, that's kind of the game I'm looking, looking forward to myself. But you know, as a polling, as a polling fan, I'm looking for the Panthers to rebound, and I, I truly believe they're gonna pull out a victory. Yeah, I mean, don't want to give away my pick already, but. I think that's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a real good game. Yep. So, um, any shout outs you got to give or do we? Well, do you, do you have any other news? NFL, MLB. I watched the Yankees lose another one last night. I watched them today, lost again. Um, they're just finding a way to screw everything up. You got anything on your Reds? Well, I quit watching. I seen Joey Votto was uh, visiting the zoo today, so. Glad he's taking time off for his torn rotator cuff. Glad he could go visit the Cincinnati Zoo. So he's checked out too. He's checked out. But how about them Chicago Bears going three and zero in preseason? Our only three wins of the season. So uh, you know, <laughs> congratulations to Justin Fields and those boys in the Windy City. Boy, he had a really good. Uh, I know it's a preseason game, whatever. But his numbers were really, really good. He looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I just you know it's. Well, I love Justin Fields. Uh, recency bias, you know, kills me. I one of my favorite Buckeyes. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the Bears have given him no help on the up front or even the receiving core. Lost Allen Robinson. That's a dumpster fire up there. Um, you know, Roquan Smith wants out. So you hate to see it. You know, especially just because Ju- Justin Fields, he's going to take most of the fault for this. But it ain't his fault. It's got to be the front office fault. Um, they have done nothing to help him. Yeah. Yeah, what did he have, three touchdowns yesterday? Yeah, I think I saw that stat line. But the I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. I mean, he, he's got all the tools to be a good NFL quarterback. I just He just doesn't have the uh, supplies around him. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, they gotta get some. They gotta get some. Where they really do, but three and zero in the preseason. Yep, yep. So something to be hopeful for, but uh, 
I'm not going to have too much hope. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. You got any shout-outs before we end tonight's show? Uh, yeah, I do have a couple. You know, let's, let's shout out. You know, glad to be back at Paulding this weekend. Golfed in the VFW post-587 golf, golf outing, the Jimmy Jack Memorial. Uh, my team was Dayton Price, John Snodgrass, and Jeff Price. Took home six places. They paid out six places. So, ooh, yep, you know, took home some money. And, you know, we golfed bad for us. Two bogeys on the back nine. Um, but, you know, didn't realize we'd be able to uh, place, and we placed this year. So, you know, it was a good time at the VFW Post 587 golf out. Funny story, uh, we're, like, on hole, that hill at Pondo. It's a par four. It might be hole four, I believe. You know what I'm talking about? It's on the, the front? Big hill. Yep, on the front nine. Yeah, you got to get some elevation there, yeah. Right. I think, I, I think it is four, yep. So we started on eight. So we had, like, what, a couple more holes for the day. And yeah. uh, Dayton Price, I was in Dayton's cart, and John and Jeff rode together. And we're trying to find my ball. I went to the right a little bit. Hey, we're trying to find my ball. It's still a little dewy out. You know, it was noon, but it's still kind of dewy. And Dayton's driving like a maniac. He goes, bet you I can't throw you out. And I, before I could say anything, he whipped it. <laughs> he whipped it. I tried grabbing on. I didn't grab on. The first thing I hit was my rear end. But that's a funny story. You know, we can dawn on that and laugh about it now. But um, he goes, bet you I can't throw you out. Before I even could grab the handlebar, he, he launched me. Wow. But it was a good time. Great. The You know, the polling atmosphere was awesome this weekend. Full. There were so many fans there. I think the uh, burger and brat stand sold out of burgers, brats, and dogs. Uh, they had a wing stand. Uh, they're selling wings. Uh, uh, Corey Gieske and Jeff Price are. Uh, so, shout out to their new business. that They're, they're going to start selling smoked wings. And those wings are phenomenal. You know, for any of our listeners, go catch them at the next polling football game. Uh, if you can before they sell out, I mean, those were they sold out of those. Um, they had a grounded coffee cart there, a truck trailer, and I apparently the line was backed up. So, just an overall great environment for the you know, in, in polling on Friday night. And the VFW, I heard there's an hour wait for pizzas, you know, they were so backed up. So, it's good to see the community out supporting the football team and you know, local businesses. That really is awesome. That's awesome for sure. Um, there was a great crowd over Raider Field Friday night. Um, I helped out Kenny Slade and uh, the Paint American Legion. Uh, they always get a couple golf carts, um, the kind of shuttles, maybe some of the older folks, you know, or, you know, some of those people that have trouble getting all the way to the, the West Stands, just help them out a little bit. Um, I was on one of those carts, and I'm telling you, about five minutes before kickoff, I'm kind of making my last round. And there are cars parked clear out to 127. I mean, clear past the junior high side. I mean, there was there was a really good crowd there. So I mean, you love to see it too. Yeah, stand, was... both both stands were just packed. Both student sections were phenomenal. Um, it, it was great. It was great to see the atmosphere there Friday night. Beautiful weather this weekend for football, man. That that Friday night was beautiful. Yeah, warm, not too hot. Um, Obviously, didn't get real chilly. Been great as a player. I'd have loved to play in them. Um, but it was great as a fan, too, to sit and watch and, and catch up with uh, some fans. And, yeah, it was a really good time. 
Yep. So, um, I, I have a special shout out before we get off of here. Um, former Wayne Trace head coach, my former head coach, Bill Speller, now coaching at Willard, uh, coaches the Willard Crimson Flashes. Uh, I need to get to a game. I, I texted him, you know, a few times last year during the season, and we would chat back and forth and um, texted him at the beginning of this season, wishing the best of luck. They lost week one. I know that's a little bit out of our area. Um, they lost week one to South Central uh, in a tight one, 44 to 43, a one-point loss at home. They bounced back this week and beat Plymouth at home 77 to 35. Holy moly. 77 to 35. Now, so looking at them scores, coach, coach, if you're listening, we got to get something figured out on the defense. But congratulations on the win. And obviously, the offense could put up points by putting up 43 and 77. Now, this week gets tough. They get Seneca East, which is always a great football team. Um, Coached by Ed Phillips. Uh, they're in, uh, actually, right now, they're number one um, in Division Six, Region 22. They're always always in the playoffs, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a huge, huge test for them this week. Um, but, yeah, shout out the Willard Crimson Flashes and Coach Bill Speller. That's awesome. That's- that is awesome. Congrats, Coach Speller. All right. That's all I really got. Do you have anything else before we wrap it up tonight? Nope. Just thank you, Kenny Stabler, for joining this episode. This was That was awesome. That was really awesome. Um, be on the lookout for that. Uh, before we go, we're going to give our uh, plug here. We've got our email that you can contact us. It is acrossthefieldpod at yahoo.com all lowercase across the field pod at yahoo.com um i also just this afternoon actually this evening uh put together the twitter page uh the twitter profile so you can follow us um and i'm not even sure what that is it's a ad across the field pod something to that effect there might be an underscore in there um my bad for even trying to – I should have remembered that or wrote it down before we went on here. But uh, I'll check that out. Um, I'll tweet out um, on my personal uh, personal Twitter. I'll tweet out this episode, and then I'll also tweet it out on that new Twitter page. So you can follow us on there. Um, so there's a couple ways to contact us. Um, right now, working on getting to Apple Podcasts. Um, getting to Apple Podcasts and getting on there. Uh, right now, we're still just on Spotify and Anchor. Um, you can check out those platforms. Um, so, yeah, there we go. And then before we go real quick, um, we're going to shout out Brits Fits again. Uh, she made her logo and uh, still don't have an announcement to make for you yet. Um We've still got something in the works, but uh, you can still go on her, um, go on to Etsy or Instagram and follow her. And then also you can use the uh, 
promo code across the field, all caps, across the field for 10% off of anything she's got. So go check her out, Brits Fits on Etsy and Instagram. Peyton, anything else to add before we get off here? Nope, it's been a pleasure. Thank you to our listeners. Yeah, thanks to everybody. Again, thanks to Kenny Saber for taking time out of his Sunday evening um, and jumping on the pod with us. Like Again, uh, again that was uh, a very interesting interview. and we talk, I talked to him a little bit um, when we got off the air, and uh, it, it was just really neat to, to go back and, and just see how that whole thing got started. So we're going to have him back on sometime in the future uh, for sure. Uh, what a great guy. Maybe just not, you know, not dive into what we did today, but just talk some more sports with him when the season gets rolling here. So, again, thanks to him. All right, Pete, it's been real fun. We'll check back in with you Wednesday. Um, we'll look ahead to week three of high school football and week one of college football. Are you ready? Let's go. Can't wait. Can't wait. Wake it up to Seven Nation Army every day this week. Let's go. <laughs> boys are back. I'm sure uh, campus will be buzzing this week. Man, this might be the longest week of my life, but <laughs> got to well, get through good, it. Yeah, have a good have a good time this week. Um, where are your seats located? Uh, I haven't even really looked yet. I'm I'm just too jacked. I got the email <laughs> last last week before, on my way home. So you in the south stands? Yes. Yep. South stands. Stands to the section. So if you're down in Columbus, look up PB. You gotta you gotta place your tailgating or. Uh, we're gonna be tailgating a couple places, so we're gonna bounce places. around a little bit. So if you're down in Columbus ever, especially this weekend, get a hold of Peyton, link up with him, and uh, be a good time. Peyton, wake up! It's game day. Might 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 go check out Herbie. It's Jack. It's gonna be Jack down here. I'm gonna be juiced. Absolutely. Well, man, have a good week. We'll check back in with you on Wednesday. Go Bucks. Yep, sounds good. Go Bucks. All right. You've been listening to another episode of Across the Field. Peace out.